You've probably heard the old proverb, hunger is the best spice. My family can verify the truth of that statement. On those occasions when dinner takes a little longer than expected to prepare, by the time we sit down at table and say grace, we're all so hungry that we would probably be happy to eat just about anything, though the girls would still object to Brussels sprouts. The compliments and groans of satisfaction on those nights are plentiful, and someone will usually end up saying, hunger is the best spice. The gospel today is about hunger and satisfaction, about empty stomachs and hungry hearts, and the bread which will satisfy each. This discourse comes right on the heels of the feeding of the multitude, where Jesus saw a hungry crowd and miraculously provided bread from heaven. If we had been among those present on that day, we might have made the same mistake as some in the crowd. They saw in Jesus a way to get what they wanted for themselves, a way to fill their bellies, a supernatural vending machine. But Jesus knew their desire for bread signaled a deeper hunger. So he satisfied their hunger for food and also gave them a sign of that which would truly satisfy their deeper hunger, a sign the crowd failed to understand. And though the feeding miracle was unique, it is not unusual to have two desires related in that way. And this is because life is sacramental. It's quite purposefully filled with experiences that point beyond themselves to deeper truths. This is not a new insight, but it suddenly came home to me one day. I was in one of those moods you sometimes get where everything seems ho-hum, Every day was basically the same, waking, dressing, commuting, working, returning home, family life, cooking, cleaning, sleeping, and then it all gets repeated again the next day. And then while I was reading the passage about how Jesus woke Jairus' daughter up from death as from sleep, I thought, what if every day is a whole lifetime writ small? What if these daily routines are signs that are supposed to prompt me to see through them to the deeper reality beyond and ask questions. When cleaning, what in my life needs to be cleaned up? When eating, what am I really hungry for? On my commute, where is my life headed? On my way home, am I on the path to my true home? During family time, what do my loved ones teach me about the love of God? What if God is speaking to us every day, urging us to see his presence behind these many signs? I think that is precisely what's going on, and this should make us ask things like, what regrets will I have at the end of my life if each day is spent like today? Am I spending my life trying to avoid death like I try to avoid sleep? Can I look at sleeping and waking as practice for my own death and resurrection? The way sacraments work, the sign points to something truer, something more real. The reason questions like this fit our daily experiences is that life is sacramental. Our daily activities point beyond themselves to the goal of all our strivings.
And this is why Jesus does not feed the crowd who have come looking for seconds, but rather says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. As we all know, people tend to show up when food is provided. The easiest way to fill a meeting is to publicize coffee and donuts. It should be obvious, however, that food cannot satisfy our deepest desires because hunger is insatiable. No matter how much we eat today, we will always be hungry tomorrow, even if the donuts are some donuts. Though it may be more difficult to see at first, this is equally true of all our earthly desires. Whether we hunger for honor or wealth, reputation or success, possessions or power, we will always hunger for more. The reason is that there is a more basic hunger, a deeper desire woven into the very, our very being, a hunger we are trying to satisfy in all the wrong places. There is only one food that can satisfy this deeper hunger, only one thing that can give rest to our restless hearts, and that is Jesus. Jesus is to our whole being what bread is to our bodies, except that those who come to him will never hunger or thirst again. There is a sweet contentment in Jesus, and once you have tasted it, you will be spoiled for any other food. Natural bread can only prolong a life that is dying. Jesus, the true bread, gives life even to the dead. To be so focused on trying in vain to satisfy our insatiable desires that we neglect our only real satisfaction would be madness. And this is no doubt why Jesus echoes the words of Isaiah to the crowds. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Jesus alone satisfies. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. This is so emphatic in the Greek it's, that it's hard to translate. It would be something like, whoever comes to me shall never ever hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never ever thirst, ever. Well, the crowd is intrigued by this food that endures, so they ask what they need to do to receive this food. Now, what might Jesus have said in response? What does our culture think Christians believe we are supposed to do to receive eternal life? I think most would say that Christians are supposed to live a good life, to follow all the rules, or at least to try to, to pray and go to church and give alms. But although these are all good things, it's not what Jesus says. He says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. In other words, our work is to rest in God's grace, to put our whole trust in what Jesus has done for us. And that should be a great relief. Still, there is a real striving required, even in order to rest in God's grace. Believing in Jesus, placing our trust in him, will mean resisting the urge to strive after those things that do not really satisfy. 
It will mean living our lives on the basis of that trust. But we do not strive to earn God's favor. We receive it as a gift. Work for the food that endures for eternal life, Jesus says, which the Son of Man will give you. Now, I think this is a beautiful and profound way to think about our daily lives, filled with signs that urge us to stay the course and live for that which alone will satisfy our hungry hearts. But some may fear that it will make us less thankful for the things of this world, or as the saying goes, will make us so heavenly-minded that we're of no earthly good. But I have found that the reverse is true. We can never truly enjoy things in life if we think that they might be able to bring us real satisfaction. We're expecting too much of them. Only when we realize that they are merely perishable blessings, at best signs of that deepest longing of our hearts, can we savor and enjoy them properly. So enjoy with gratitude the blessings God has given you, but don't mistake them for true food. Instead, may they be to us signs of our deepest hunger and a reminder to work for the food that endures to eternal life.